0: was you know I I don't really know how you could credibly do a series on the end times without covering the topic of the Antichrist but uh, as I was preparing for it and as I was studying for it this week I was going what was I thinking why didn't I give this to Barbie (laughs) I'm the senior pastor I can do that (laughs) but it was too late actually (laughs) <laughs> and uh what i want to do today we're, we're going to be covering a lot of scripture i'm going to be reading a lot of scripture to you um the, all the scripture references are on the back of the of the insert and in the bulletin there if you want to look into it later on uh, but it, it's a fairly complicated it's a fairly complex subject but all i want to do is i basically want to tell you what the bible has to say about it and i can't do that without without bringing the scripture to you Uh, There are too many people out there telling you what they think about it, and you don't need to know what I think about it. What you need to know is what the Bible has to say about it, and so that's where we're going. That's what we're going to do today. Would you stand with me, and let's read a few passages from the letters of John. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour who is the liar it is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ such a man is the antichrist he denies the father and the son every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God this is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist father I thank you for your word I thank you for the power and life and illumination of your word I thank you for the presence of your spirit and Lord I pray that you would quicken our hearts that you'd make us alive to what you want us to hear or even the even the most shut down, even the, the, the coldest, hardest, deadest one here, Father. I pray that you'd quicken us for this time and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The term Antichrist is only found in, uh, in the writings of John. And uh, that's why we read the writings of John. That's not probably where most people expected to go right off the bat. And John's writing, uh, he's describing a spirit more so than a particular person, but he also acknowledges the particular person. He says, you've heard that Antichrist is coming, and he doesn't and go on to say, and, but, you know, it's really just a spirit. No, an- there is a person who's coming that will embody this, but there's a spirit that's already present in the world. Uh, I told you last week that there aren't any English words in the, uh, in the original Bible. <laughs> scripture as it was written and there and there aren't so the literal word antichrist isn't there but it's antichristos and that's that's close enough i think most of us would uh, would give that give that a slide uh we're going to come back to john's words toward the end of the sermon but as i said there's also a particular person referenced in scripture and as you might expect with antichrist there would be a lot of a lot of parallels maybe upside-down parallels, but a lot of parallels to the, to the real Christ. Um, and so just as Christ is known by several different names, the Antichrist actually goes by several different names in Scripture. Christ, of course, is known as Emmanuel. He's known as the Son of David. He's known as the um, Son of Man, Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, has all of those titles. Uh, Antichrist in Scripture, there are three other books that actually talk about the man specifically uh, in revelation he's called the beast known as the beast same one in the same is antichrist uh, in second thessalonians he's called the man of lawlessness or in some translations a man of sin one in the same is antichrist and then over in daniel he's referred to as the little horn or the king of the north And they all describe a person who will arise in the last days and uh, represent Satan as a political entity on the earth and as a spiritual entity on the earth. If you you Google the term Antichrist in uh, wherever you Google things, be aware it's a complex topic. And... uh, and you're not going to hear basically some of the things you'll hear this week one of the things that they'll say is that it's essentially that it's just a new testament concept and yes that that term antichrist is a new testament term but he is found in the old testament in in scripture in daniel where we're going to look here in a few moments Uh, and even though it's a complex topic and I, i i just i trust that you'll just stay with me uh stick with me get your wings on we'll fly we'll get through this um and i'm i'm bringing it about for a couple of reasons i'm that's why i'm bringing it one is so you can know what the bible has to say about it because like i say there are all kinds of theories and ideas out there and most of them really aren't worth paying any attention to but the bible is always worth paying attention to and also the, so that you wouldn't be taken in by any wild accusations about who the antichrist is you know i mean there's this there's uh those don't help the kingdom they really don't and, and you know and if you go on and you, and you google it and especially if you go to images you're virtually always going to find a, a picture of whoever the president happens to be at the time with <laughs> horns on his head and you know kind of looking like the Joker from uh, um, Batman and, and, and all that kind of stuff Barack Obama's not the Antichrist I promise you he's a Democrat and there's too <laughs> many people thinking too many people are thinking that the Antichrist must be a Democrat for him to actually be one Cause he's not gonna be what you expect not at all what you expect so anyway I just want to make that clear from the get-go from the outset later on I'll tell you a couple of other people who are not the Antichrist for sure but we'll get to that here in a few moments got to hold some suspense I say it doesn't help the cause of the kingdom it's like when people are predicting when the Lord's gonna come back
1: well
0: it's good on one level and it makes people think about the Lord coming back But then when their prediction falls through, it's bad because people are then going, oh, yeah, those crazies again. I mean, you've heard the story of the boy who cried wolf until eventually nobody listened anymore. Daniel is one of the three books that reference, that gives us extensive information about the Antichrist. He's the main reference in the Old Testament concerning Antichrist. And let me give you a little background about Daniel before we get into this. Daniel uh, is a controversial book it's controversial book because it's so accurate about the things that it predicts I mean it's just so incredibly and to the rational mind impossibly accurate that back in the 19th century which I I don't remember but Ray Tabor has told me about it (laughs) back back in the 19th century had to make my Ray Tabor reference this morning he's also not the Antichrist by the way (laughs) Uh, but back in the 19th century, uh, the theory came up that, well, Daniel just wasn't written when, they, when it claimed to be written. In fact, they decided that it had to be written in the 2nd century B.C. They attached it to the, a guy named Antiochus IV, and his people called him Antiochus Epiphanes, which uh, means God manifest. The Jews called him uh, Antiochus Epimenes, which means Antiochus the... The insane one, and he reigned from 175 to 164 BC, and he uh, he terrorized the Jews. Uh, how many of you have ever heard of the Maccabees? Okay, the, the Maccabees—they were a political uprising in uh, in the land of uh, of Judah, and this this was a guy that they that they came against because Antiochus came in, he defiled the temple, he um tried to destroy the worship of god and, and everything and so the maccabees rose against him and the and the theory was that well daniel must have been written then because so much that it predicts about this guy is so accurate that the, somebody wrote it then pretended it was earlier just to encourage the people let them know that this guy was going to be defeated and then they also had a bunch of other things you know uh, they said um uh some of the things that the writer of Daniel wrote about that was supposed to happen back in the, in the 6th century B.C. Uh, had gotten wrong, and so obviously he didn't know what he was writing about. The book of Daniel itself would claim to be written around the time of Cyrus the Great, which was in the 6th century B.C. Interesting thing happened long about the middle of the 20th century. We begin to discover more things about the 6th century B.C. and begin to find out that the guy who wrote Daniel actually was the one who had it right, and the guy who was the people who were saying that you know he, he must have had it wrong were the ones who were wrong and so the only knock that there can be on the book of Daniel right now is it's so accurate it's just too accurate but you know what when God is the one doing the prophesying as I said he's not guessing he, he's foretelling he can be as accurate as he wants to be you get right down to it so Daniel is, a, is an amazing amazing book we're going to talk about it a little bit more next week and if you want to get in more information about its authorship i would encourage you to uh, uh to read the intervarsity press uh, commentary on the book of daniel by uh, joyce g baldwin and i know that all of you have written that down uh okay here's some we're going to start in daniel chapter 7 and i want to read some passages to you daniel chapter 7 daniel has a vision of these of these beasts that represent kingdoms and the last one is Rome and then we pick up the reading while I was thinking about the horns that were on the beast there before me was another horn a little one which came up among them and three of the first horns were uprooted before it the horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and half a time. His power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. And then he picks up talking about him again in the next chapter. It sets itself up to be as great as the prince of the host, it took away the daily sacrifice from him and the place of his sanctuary was brought low because of rebellion the host of the saints and the daily sacrifice were given over to it it prospered in everything it did and truth was thrown to the ground and then in chapter 9 he mentions it again he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven in the middle of the seven he will put an end to sacrifice and offering and on a wing of the temple He will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out for him. His armed forces will rise up to desecrate the temple fortress and will abolish the daily sacrifice. Then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. The king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god and will say unheard of things against the god of gods He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed for what has been determined must take place. He will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the one desired by women nor will he regard any god but will exalt himself above them all yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. A lot of stuff there and I don't really have time to go into it closely but let's Let's unpack the whole thing and just see what it tells us. See see what's put together here. What what does this tell us? What what does this teach us about this guy? Well, first of all, he's noted for speaking boastfully. His power will come from his words, come from his ability to persuade, his, his ability to talk, which is kind of interesting because as we've gotten... Further along, at least in my lifetime, a couple of interesting things have happened. One of them has been that military might hasn't, has not lost really its power to conquer and overtake places. Used to, if you had a big army, you could just go in and take over and everybody go, okay, you won. They don't do that anymore. That's not the way that it works anymore. And so power from words and persuasiveness can be a lot a lot of times, far more powerful than the gun, than the sword. And then, secondly, he's noted for spe- speaking boastfully. Uh, I don't know how it was years, centuries ago, but I know earlier in the century that I was born in, the 20th century, when people spoke boastfully, it wasn't looked at as being a particularly positive thing. In fact, people tended to look at it and sort of go, Well, who are you? You know, and just arrogant and. All that stuff. I hope I wish everybody would enjoy themselves as much as my brother here. Love it every time you're here. But in my lifetime that's changed. And we now want people who speak boastfully. I mean, seriously. If you're, if you're not right there and you're gonna tell it like it is and not gonna compromise about anything, that's who we that's who we're looking for. And that's, that's what this guy is going to have going for. He'll speak boastfully, something else that tells us about him. He will appear to succeed in everything for a while. I mean, this guy is going to have all the answers. You know, when he, when he comes along, it's just going to be like, wow, why didn't anybody else think of that? This last, uh, last week I had lunch with some pastors on Wednesday, I guess it was, and uh, pastors. And then, and then there was a guy there who was the head of the Uh, international christian embassy in jerusalem and so obviously we got to talking about the middle east and that whole situation and both sides of it and by the time we were you know just a little ways into that conversation and certainly by the time we got to the end of it it's very clear there is no human solution for this none none whatsoever but somebody's going to come along who looks like they got one And there's a lot of things going on in this world that appear to have no solution. This guy's going to have solutions. He's going to have answers. People are going to go, wow. So he'll appear to succeed in everything that he does. He will oppose the very notion of God. Now think about that. In Daniel's day, that was really kind of ridiculous because everybody knew there was a God in Daniel's day. There are places in the world now that don't, claim to be so sophisticated where everybody knows there's a God but we just don't happen to be living in one of those places much of the world today would definitely buy into somebody absolutely poo-pooing the very notion of the existence of God he will try to displace the worship of God with worship of himself and oh I'm sorry he will oppose those yeah I'm sorry I skipped over one he will oppose those who worship god i just want to say this we tend to read these scriptures and co-opt them uh, for the church co-opt them for christianity this was definitely written about the jews and to the jews so it's that that it's clear that he will oppose them now the church may get pulled into that as well they may be they probably will be part of part of what he opposes but he will oppose those who worship god and then he will displace the worship try to displace the worship of God with worship of himself and you go well that's crazy who's gonna worship a man uh, yeah like us I mean we do it all the time I know I'm all right <laughs> yes sir in fact I thought I thought that was yes sir Well would we do it all the time anybody here a beaver yeah they are they're just not going to speak up in this atmosphere (laughs) I'm not saying that he's the antichrist but this will involve the abomination of desolation which you know a lot of people for this reason say that the temple will have to be rebuilt well I don't know you know God's god knows more than i know I, I i think it probably will be rebuilt and i think there probably will be a literal uh desecration there that'll take place uh but god can do what he wants to uh this abomination of desolation happened under that guy antiochus IV when he came in he sacrificed a pig on the altar and desecrated the temple and all that but it's going to happen again it's going to happen again Because Jesus said it was going to happen again. Over in Matthew 24, verses 15 and 16, Jesus said, so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, he obviously wasn't talking about what happened 175 years previous. Spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So it's going to happen again, multiple fulfillments. We talked about that, was it last week, week before last? It was a week or so ago. A couple of other things, the numbers 7 and three and a half, as related to time are significant in the context of this man, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. And then also we find out here that he will come to a bad end. It's going to look good. He's going to look good. He will not succeed. He will come to a bad end. 2 Thessalonians. 2nd Thessalonians was a letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians because they had become disturbed by news that the return of Christ had already happened. There are people who claim that today. They probably need to read 2nd Thessalonians. And so let's see what 2nd Thessalonians has to say with regard to this man. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. A literal temple may be rebuilt, but you do understand that currently the temple of God is the church sits himself up in God's temple just saying and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles signs and wonders and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned to have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Well, what does this teach us? Some things we already knew but some new information as well. One, I'm sorry. He must be revealed Prior to preceding the Lord's return and he'll still be here at the Lord's return You know A lot of people are kind of spooked out about creeped out about the idea of Antichrist Uh, I'm cool with him coming He's got to come first Jesus isn't going to come till he comes because the scripture says that, that he has to be revealed first So bring him on you know That's great Uh, second thing though is he will still be here at the Lord's return because the Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth at his coming (laughs) now what that means is once he's revealed it's it's short it's quick Uh, it's definitely within the lifetime of a man and it's probably within the within the the working lifetime of a man and probably within the prime working lifetime of a man A lot of places in scripture a lot of people who study the scripture believe that it would be a between a three and a half and seven year period before the lord returns but just know that he's got to be real be revealed first but once he does it's close i mean you know if we're still here if we hadn't been you know pre pre pre-trib raptured out before that happens then just know it's it's quick it's it won't be long till we'll be leaving here He will try to displace the worship of God with worship of himself. Okay, we already knew that about him, because Daniel said that about him. His coming will be accompanied by signs and miracles that are the work of Satan. Satan can do miracles. Uh, Any supernatural being can do miracles, because we're not supernatural. And so stuff that they do, it's just kind of like, wow, did you see that? You know, while at the same time, they're kind of going, <laughs> I remember when I was, a, I, don't, I don't know how old I was. I probably, I know I was in early elementary school, but I was probably preschool. And my dad was pastoring in Millersville, Tennessee. And uh, and bro, Brother Jones would go to our church. And my dad oftentimes would, would go pick him up, would, would take him home. His, his family often wasn't able to come because one of his sons, I believe, had... <coughs> had MS at the time very severe case of it and his wife had to stay home with him but I remember riding in the car with brother Jones one day when I was a little kid and he showed me that he could take his finger off <laughs> yeah you know, and so so he you know he, he you amazed I was I was like I remember it I mean it was where's the blood I, I mean, I'm seeing this right here. This man has taken his finger off, and it's not bleeding, and he, and he can put it back together. I was easily amused in those days. We well, see, that's, that's the way that it is with supernatural beings. They can do stuff. You know, I mean, the devil can come along and do a little ch 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 know, and we're going, wow, did you see that? Yeah, well, he's going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not about signs and wonders. Right. Uh, y- yes, uh, and sometimes people get me, uh, sometimes people uh, misunderstand me here because I'm not down on signs and wonders. Our God is a miracle-working God. Our, our God has done amazing incredible things he split the Red Sea open and and it wasn't just you know a little pond that people walked across and uh, he took a sea and split it open and they walked through the middle of it and then destroyed Pharaoh's army with it when it came back together I mean he's he, yeah he called fire down rose resurrected his son from the dead I, miracles yes and I've seen them happen in my own life What I'm down on is chasing after miracles and thinking, oh, that's got to be real because a miracle happened. The Word of God is the litmus test. The, the, The miracles aren't the litmus test. God's Word is the litmus test. His coming will be accompanied by signs and miracles that are the work of Satan. This guy is an emissary of Satan. And his coming will present a powerful delusion. The reason why I felt like I should go ahead and and do we should go ahead and do this series at this point in time you know obviously people were thinking about well not everybody was thinking about but I mean you know the the, old, the whole Mayan calendar thing and stuff like that and into the world and blah 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 I don't know how close it is because I've thought ever since I was six years old that it was right around the corner and in terms of eternity you know it's been that long since i was 6 years old uh, i don't know how close it is i just know it's close i just know it's closer than it was and i know that preceding it there is a powerful delusion that goes forth and and i think we're underestimating it as a church i think we have a tendency to think that oh i'll 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 be able to figure it out i'll be able to see it no i'm going to give you a clue on how to do it but most people will not be able to figure it out because the Bible's true and it says that that delusion is powerful so that they will believe a lie okay one more book let's look at revelation and obviously there's some fairly lengthy passages here but uh and this is probably where most people expected me to start but uh it's not where we're going to start it's where we'll end Revelation chapter 13. The beast I saw resembled a leopard but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. That's actually a connection back to Daniel chapter 7. The dragon gave the beast his power his throne and great authority. And Just let me say that elsewhere in Revelation it plainly says that the dragon is Satan. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound but the fatal wound... been healed the whole world was astonished and followed the beast men worshiped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast and they also worshiped the beast and asked who is like the beast who can make war against him the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months he opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. And then he goes on to tell us about another guy. I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf. And he made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed Great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down out of heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number. His number is 666. And then in chapter 14, a third angel followed and said in a loud voice if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on the hand he too will drink of the wine of god's fury which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath chapter 19 then i saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse who is christ himself and his army But the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the the fiery lake of burning sulfur. And then finally, in chapter 20, we hear the last of him. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever what does this teach us what does this tell us well first of all let me say something about this fatal wound the seeming fatal wound could be a literal wound to a literal man it certainly could be or the resurrection of a dead empire dead movement how many of you've read um, left behind or you've seen the movie or something like that you know and and most of the time this will be taken very literally that you know this guy's going to be shot in the head he's going to die and or look like he's dead and he's going to be made whole and people are going to be amazed and that may exactly be what's going to happen but that doesn't have to be what's going to happen it it could be you know there could be some things come up that Everybody thought, no, that doesn't exist anymore. That's gone, and it'll come, and the world will go, wow. Uh, Depending on how much longer it's going to be, you know, it could even be the United States. You know, it could be that this great superpower becomes nothing, and then, you know, it's back all of a sudden, and people are going, wow, how did that happen? Or Great Britain, I don't know, Rome, Our movement, Nazism, that's dead, isn't it? seems well I know you know they it's dead except for some radical fringes but I mean you know that could never actually come back and you know like take over a country or something could it possibly you know so there there are things that could be and the only reason I'm telling you this is not to say it's not a guy who got shot in the head because it very well could be but just telling you you know that's not that's not necessarily the litmus test you know we also find out here that forty-two months equals three and a half years. I only mention that because we'll be talking about that more next week. But those are significant. That's a, seven and three and a half are significant with this guy. He's got a front man assigned to him. Well, of course he would, because Christ had a forerunner. He had John the Baptist came and prepared the way for him. This guy's going to have I don't know you know a press secretary, prophet, prophet press secretary person who come along and symbolically speaking John was actually somebody else does anybody know who he was Elijah, Elijah. because the disciples came to Jesus and said scriptures say Elisha's but Elijah's supposed to come first uh, what about that and he said well he did come you know, they did what they wanted to with him and he understood that it was John the Baptist that he was talking about what is the, the primary miracle that Elijah is associated with? Calling fire down, Calling fire down out of heaven. Priest of, when, he, when he confronted the priest of Baal, he called fire down out of heaven. And so, this guy, this, this front man who's a sign of the beast, one of the things that he's going to do is call fire down out of heaven. People are going to go, Wow. There's so much biblical illiteracy that so many will just know, well, that was what Elijah did. This guy must be Elijah who's supposed to come before the one. So who does he say is the one? It's going to be a powerful delusion when it comes. So he's got a front man. His rise to power is facilitated by two things, boastful words, especially against God. There we go with that again. And it's going to be facilitated by signs and miracles empowered by by Satan. This guy is Satan's emissary. Come to the earth. His success will be unprecedented. Unprecedented. Seemingly the whole world is going to go after him. Now I don't know. I was kind of brought up with the notion that when Antichrist came that every, every square foot of the earth was going to. Belong to him and he would he'd rule it for seven years and maybe he will that may be what happens But I I got a feeling it's not going to be that smooth of a ride for him Because it doesn't belong to him He's a usurper. He's not the rightful ruler I mean, I think there are going to be pockets of resistance to him here and there, but it's going to seem like Everyone in the world has gone after him. It's going to seem like everybody's doing it every everybody Everybody is worshiping him He will exert power over commerce and the economy i mentioned earlier that you know used to you sent your army in you won the war and everybody went okay you won we give up it doesn't happen that way anymore if you really want to control a people if you really want to control a country you control it through commerce and the economy once you got a grip on that once you control that then you got them And that's exactly what this guy does how'd they know that 2,000 years ago maybe God told them those who follow him will be subject to God's wrath I uh, I almost didn't almost didn't read that passage because it's not directly about Antichrist it's indirectly about him but I just had to because this is serious stuff guys this is serious stuff you know i don't know uh, you can make a very strong case in reading the scripture that those who follow him and accept the mark of the beast and everything will be damned for eternity you can make a real strong case for that i hope that's not the case but that certainly i can't argue with anybody who says it is the case At the very least are subject to god's wrath The delusions going to be powerful it's not something to mess with it's not something to play around with you know when i when i go online and i and i see these ridiculous ideas about i, I mean i saw one that uh was claiming george washington was the antichrist i'm kind of going <laughs> no you know and another one that thought billy graham was the antichrist I, you know all this ridiculous stuff you know and, and like i say the the crazy pictures of presidents or anybody that they don't like going well that one must be the antichrist i'm going come on this is not a joke this is serious this is this is very real and the consequences attached to it are very real those who follow him will be subject to god's wrath and he will come to an extremely bad end so who is the antichrist no one knows no one really knows I I think he's probably going to be very well established before it becomes apparent I mean I I, I really do I know this he's gonna look good and so therefore I do know uh, it's not me (laughs) and it's not Ken Stilger neither one of us we've both gotten old and a little pudgy He's not going to be old and pudgy. I did a play this last uh, uh, fall, and a guy wrote a review about it where he uh, talked about how perfect my uh, slight middle-aged punch was for the play. And uh, some of the people in the play went, were you offended by that? I said, offended? Are you kidding me? Middle-aged? Slight? I thought, I, I thought it was a compliment. It's great. Yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> 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 this guy's going to look good. He's going to be so appealing. I do know that. But I don't know who he is. And, and no one really knows where he is from. He'll be super attracted and many will put their faith in him. Many will follow his shameful ways. It's what the script, we, we've read other scriptures already that's told us that. And I know this, the spirit of Antichrist is already here. It's already here. It was here 2,000 years ago. It's here now. John says that many many Antichrists have already come. The spirit of Antichrist is the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Now, that's not to say that he won't have nice things to say about Jesus. It's not to say that he won't use the name of Jesus an awful lot. But it is to say that he will deny that Jesus is the Christ. We, we, read those verses, we read those verses earlier. Who is the liar? It's the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and is even now already in the world. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. So what does this tell us? It tells us that the only real defense against falling for Antichrist lies in holding fast to Jesus. I don't think anybody's going to be able to identify Antichrist by looking for Antichrist. This, uh, this week has been a real interesting week for me. I came in the first service and, and uh, Wayne was uh was looking he he always kind of takes the temperature of the room by looking at me and he's going is he sick what's wrong with him uh what's wrong what was wrong with me because i really wasn't ready to worship in that first service i kind of got there in the second service but really wasn't ready to worship because i've spent the whole week studying about the antichrist I love C.S. Lewis and I love uh, he's been very influential in my life, but my least favorite book of his is probably his most famous book, which is The Screwtape Letters, which which is, is written from the vantage point of a of a senior demon writing to a, a, a lesser minion and giving him advice that if you turn it around you kinda of go, Oh, yeah, that's for Christians. <laughs> you know, that, that that tells us some stuff. But when when I when I first read that book, in fact the only time I've read that book you know, I, I came out of it feeling kind of like, Ugh. <clears throat> and and uh, and reading some of Lewis's uh, uh, personal writings, he felt the same way. He, he felt the same way in 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 doing that. And so as I've you know as, as I've spent time kind of in this, well, I got to talk about the Antichrist mode. You know that didn't that. That just feels, that just didn't feel, uh-uh. And especially when I go on to read what people have thought about the Antichrist and stuff like that, and i kind of go man, how can you get into that and not just feel yucky spiritually? And here's the other side. If you got your eyes on Jesus, if you got your eyes fixed on Jesus, if you're in love with him, if you're if you're locked into him. Then there's this thing inside of you. Holy Ghost is inside of you is what it is. But there's this presence inside of you that when something comes along that's wrong, you know it. You just know it. What's inside of you is going, no, uh -uh, uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh, this isn't right. You might not be able to totally put your finger on it. It may look right in a lot of ways, but inside it's not right. And that's that's the protection, that's that's the guard. When, when you're when you're in love with Jesus and you think if you're looking for Him, then when the when the phony comes along, I'm told I'm told, and I don't know, you know, somebody probably correct me on this. This may be an urban myth, but I'm told that the way that they uh, that that they teach uh, bank tellers to recognize um, counterfeit money is a Uh, Assigned them for quite a while at the beginning of their job to count real money and they get the feel of it And then if a counterfeit comes along, it's like Whoa, that didn't feel like the rest of this So that's how this works. I want to go back to Daniel for just one minute because if there is an antichrist You know what? There's a real Christ and in the middle of chapter 7 of Daniel, after he gets to talking about this beast and this little horn and all this business, he says that the, the thrones of heaven were set up and the ancient of days took his place before the, uh, on the throne. And it says, in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshiped him. So far, that kind of sounds like what the anti is doing he, he he gets this authority that's given to him and everything and seemingly everybody goes after him but there's a radical change in the story here and in case you didn't notice it it already took place because this authority doesn't come from satan this glory and authority comes from the ancient of days and the radical change is his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed this one doesn't come to a bad end this one comes to a glorious. Well, it doesn't come to an end at all. We get right down to it. And so what, what we need to be doing is God's people, this is the one we're looking for. This is the one that we're looking for. And if we're looking for him, then when the other one comes, <laughs> then you will recognize him. Then you will know him. Just you stand with me? You know, I I, Uh Nah (laughs) With those who are going to pray for people come forward Today when I was uh, when I was a kid I think I first read the book of revelation at the age of 12 And uh Scared the wahoo out of me (laughs) Just, Just really did And uh And I'd already given my life to Jesus so you know that's how secure I felt at that point Uh, over time I've really grown to love him and fall in love with him and and there is no fear in that love but I've known a number of people who you know look at some of this stuff and and it's kind of scary and they kind of go man I don't want to do that you know maybe I need to give my life to Jesus or whatever and if that's the best you can do do it just do it you know if you love it if, if you if you become attracted to his beauty that's you know that's great but if you're scared of the other side and just need a safe place he's the one who said come unto me all who are weary heavy laden I'll give you rest I'll take care of you, you can hide under the shadow of my wings God is an ever-present help in time of trouble so if you're here and you don't know Christ you don't you don't have any idea what I'm talking about that sense inside of you that recognizes the genuine, you come. The altar's open. If you're here and you do know Christ, but you just need prayer, you come as well because our God's a powerful, miracle-working God. And maybe you've already asked for what it is that you need, but the scripture says if any two touch and agree, believing any one thing, it's it'll be given to them. So this is your opportunity to do that with somebody, some people who really know how to pray with you. So the altar is going to be open. We're going to worship for a few moments. You come. You come.
1: Come quickly. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly. When Jesus comes
0: and takes us all away. guys I am glad to be on this ride with y'all raise your hand let me give you a blessing may the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world to redeem us to claim that which was lost the real Christ may the hope of his appearing be alive and quickened in you and may the power of his spirit keep you and deliver you into his glorious presence without fault and with great joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.